It's the Million Dollar Weekend. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, part of the Entrepreneur Podcast Network, because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. Light on the theory, heavy on the tactics. It's the business podcast you can actually apply. And I got a banger for you today with the return of Noah Kagan to the show. Noah, welcome back. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. I'm glad we're both good looking bald dudes talking about side hustles. Rocking this look. We had a guy doing one of these Ignite talks. You ever been to this? Where he's like, it was at a FinCon personal finance conference. He's like, this is my personal finance hack. I save so much money on haircuts by going bald. But that was funny. So Noah, as you probably know, doesn't need an introduction. He's the founder of AppSumo.com, the Noah Kagan Presents podcast that you can find at OKDork.com. And of course, the Noah Kagan YouTube channel, which now has over a million subscribers. His new book is Million Dollar Weekend, the surprisingly simple way to launch a seven-figure business in 48 hours, something that Noah has done himself seven times so far. You can find that at milliondollarweekend.com. Stick around. In this one, we're donating a bunch of business ideas that you can start this year, plus Noah's exercises for how to come up with some ideas of your own. If you're new to the show, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. For the last 10 years, I've been exploring legit ways to make extra money in your spare time. So if that's what you want to do, you're in the right place. But I also get 10 years. That's a lot of content to go through. So I totally understand if you want to take a more curated approach. And to do that, all you got to do is go to hustle.show, answer a few short multiple choice questions, and I'll build you a personalized playlist of the episodes I think are going to be most impactful and actionable for you. So that's at hustle.show. So Noah, I know we're going to jump around in this one between some of the frameworks from the book and donating, you know, play the game of donate a business idea. And you're always throwing out crazy ideas. And so one of the ones that really stood out to me was from a video of yours. And this was shrimp breeding. Like, how did you come up with this? Or tell me a little bit more about that. I don't know where we come up with these. I think that was <laughs> researched from the team. What's interesting is if you look at YouTube content, you can actually make a lot of businesses just talking about different topics and almost every single topic. So one specifically, there's a guy, Dustin's Fish Tanks. See this guy? No, I don't know that one. I think he makes over a million dollars a year. And his whole show is just reviewing fish tanks. And then he expanded to selling a bunch of other types of fish tanks. And that was just something that he got excited about. And so I think with shrimp breeding, there's all these different like trends.co and meatglimpse.com and a few other ways to get business trends. I think the best trends to find are just reverse looking at the things that you're spending your time doing. I'm spending a lot of time lately looking at parenting stuff. I'm about to be a parent in the next few months. Hey, congrats. So it's like, okay, what are my frustrations around that? Or what are the things I'm asking or curious about? And then the other kind of thing besides shrimp breeding, which I'm, I'm not as into, it was just kind of an, <laughs> an observation of research. And I, I do like shrimp, but I do like a lot of, you know, shrimp taco. For me, is just looking at my credit card bill. It's a lot of where AppSumo came from. It's just like, oh, I want this stuff. How do I get a deal on it? One of the ideas as well that I, we're talking about doing ideas and instead of shrimp breeding, I hate paying for HelloSign and DocuSign. And I just looked up DocuSign's at $11 billion company. Wow. I think I could probably kick their butt creating an alternative to that. But again, coming to these trends, it's trying to see where the trend is based on my own interests, looking at Google trends to just see if it's something that's even starting to get bigger or if it's growing or declining. And then considering one, if you don't even want to do any of the work, just go make content about it. And that's actually like Dustin's fish tank come full circle, a great way to approach these businesses. Yeah. And then especially if you're starting out reviewing fish tanks on an affiliate basis or on an affiliate model, eventually you could start to design your own, like based on what you like, what you don't like, what feedback you're getting from viewers or customers, you can kind of 
go from making 4% on Amazon to hopefully making a better margin by doing it that way. More complexities involved, but we've seen some people kind of pursue that path. The one was in the travel niche, like I was recommending these packing cubes or this suitcase. And then I you know, ended up designing my own or my own backpack. The reason I brought up shrimp breeding was we had, a, I met a guy at FinCon in New Orleans and his business was like growing mushrooms out of the spare bedroom of his house. And what was cool about it was it was like replenishable. Like, oh, every week the inventory turns over and, you know, just do it again the following week. Have a steady stream of customers. I imagine it could be the same where it's like kind of you front load the cost. And then after that, until the shrimp die, I don't know what the life cycle would be, but it's like somewhat replenishable. Like we had another story about like selling plant clippings where it's like, yeah, it takes some patience and maintenance to this stuff, but something that you can do uh, over and over again. I think part of the question is like, how do people get to the point of finding the idea, right? And most people, especially on side hustles are one of the biggest mistakes, or I think common fallacies is people think, oh, I don't have any ideas or I don't have any good ideas. And the best idea is the one you start, right? So take shrimp breeding, really thinking about like, I'm curious about shrimp, right? I'm eating a lot of shrimp. Where do they come from? Oh, actually they come from here. Maybe, oh, how much does it cost to come from there? And then you just kind of do a little bit of research and then you're like, maybe I want to breed some shrimp. It's amazing how that then just getting going on it, starting it, seeing if you can actually get some customers for it or online customers that will lead you to either that business or somewhere else. But I think most people, 99% spend too much time doing the research and trying to get ready for it versus just getting going on it. That's definitely something I've seen as an opportunity for people to change. Yeah, we see people on both sides of the fence. There are the people with ideas up to their eyeballs and they, they have a hard time picking which one. And then the other people kind of stuck on the sidelines, like, ah, waiting for the perfect idea to strike. And like you said, the best idea is the one that you're willing to take action on. The best idea is the one that you're going to start and iterate from there. I like this call to take a look at where you're spending your own money. Take a look at this credit card bill. And I remember this from early Tim Ferriss, like vintage Tim Ferriss. Hey, I was making four grand a month just out of college, but I was spending 500 bucks a month on supplements. Like, hey, there's a green flag of something. There might be something here that other people would be similarly into a business in that space. I think that's a beautiful, yeah, I was talking with Tim about that. I think the other kind of other way you can approach it is just really make on your phone, make breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then put two lines under each. And just think about what frustrated you during these days or opportunity like, man, it's been annoying. Like during lunch, this happened or during dinner. And then you literally have six business opportunities in one day. Like for me, we didn't getting lunch delivered in uh, Austin, Texas is such a hassle. But in Barcelona, there's a thing called the healthiestbcn.com. It's so good. It's like $10 to your house, super healthy food, but it's impossible nearly to get that in Austin. That was just lunch, right? Or like trying to get my visa to go to Spain and stay there is another hassle. And those are just kind of things to observe in your own day and breaking it down by those categories to then think about, all right, cool. That can actually turn into a solution for myself and potentially others. Yeah. I call this like the what sucks method. Normally try to be a little more optimistic, but like putting on that pessimist hat and just tuning in your ears to when other people are complaining to you or what are they griping (laughs) to you about? Your peers, your coworkers, your neighbors, the parents at the school pickup. Like if it's a pain point for them that they're willing enough to vent to you about it. Like maybe there's something there. So I like that one too. Let me give an example of that. I would also call like a riff on that one is like, what am I avoiding doing? (laughs) Like what have I avoided doing for a while? And like, that's a business, right? So like I need a house manager over here and that's been annoying to find. There's no service that provides like an Uber or some service where you can actually have a house manager. Yeah. And think of like, what have I been procrastinating on? Like estate planning comes to mind. Like that's a great one. All that. It's like, and you don't do it because it seems like too heavy I don't even know where to start, right? And so like, obviously there are businesses and attorneys that specialize in that stuff, but it, I don't know, it's kind of daunting. So 
something like that. Other pain points. I think of another, like one I was thinking of recently was like the closet optimization service or like slash wardrobe consultant. Like, look, and this is maybe more of a pain point because like my wife takes up 80% of the closet. It's like, could you take the bottom 20% of the clothes you never wear? And like, just basically somebody else giving you permission to let go of those, like you know, the Marie Kondo come to your door and just help you get rid of And maybe they, if they go on and sell them on Poshmark or something, maybe they give you a fee of whatever they sold for or a percentage of it. But you know, some of these ideas that just kind of come to mind, you're like, dude, there's way too much stuff in here. <laughs> I think we'd both breathe a little bit easier with less clutter. I think what people miss out on, especially with all these ideas, you can do them online, you can do them offline. There's a lot of variations, but getting going, let's just take this closet organizing thing. Now that my girlfriend's moved in and so I'm getting reduced, <laughs> I'm getting kicked <laughs> out of the house, Nick. I need a place to go. But really, I think the bigger point I was, I'm trying to make here is that by getting going and just getting started right now, maybe it's closet organizing and you try to go to people and you validate and no one wants it. Okay. They didn't want that. But then as you're doing that, you ask them like, what other things have you been avoiding or been interesting or challenging for you? They're like, oh, actually getting groceries. It's really a pain that took us to get groceries. Yeah. Okay. What about it? How much do you spend on groceries? And then you could actually be like, oh, I can do automatic grocery food services for your house every week. Or I can, then I can, and that will lead you. I think the biggest point is getting going right now, finding and talking to people. Maybe it's not closets. Maybe it's groceries. Maybe it's not groceries. Maybe it's actually cleaning. Once you get going, you can actually find the thing that's a real pain point, but you will not find that on the sideline. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the ideas that you brought up in your video too, was like meal prep for busy entrepreneurs. And there are all sorts of meal delivery services, but I don't know if anyone is specifically branded for entrepreneurs. One you know example that comes to mind, you know, uh, Chandler Bolt. Love Chandler. Love that guy. Yeah. And so he was several years ago living in San Diego in this, they called it like the entrepreneur house, kind of a riff on like hacker houses and stuff. Although I don't think any of them were particularly technical or coders. But like five or six dudes sharing this house, personal chef comes in, preps breakfast, lunch, and dinner, plus like smoothies and stuff for these guys baked into the rent, essentially. It's like, I love this idea for young people living together. It makes so much sense. Just eliminate that friction in people's lives. I think the undertone here, Nick, or the thing you're not saying that you're saying is people imagine they have to have this genius idea like, oh, I got to come up with this $1 trillion idea. It's like the reality is, is that they're all probably pretty good ideas if you get going on them. Like, do you know when electric cars were invented? In the 1900s, like I think 1905. Wow. And Elon didn't even come up with Tesla. Two other dudes came up with Tesla and then he invested it and then he took over it. The bigger point though is just that they got going on these things, right? And that leads them to these other opportunities. We don't have to sweat so much the perfect idea. Just we have to sweat like probably, okay, do a few people want it to make sure you're not spending six months on something that no one wants, which I think most of us have done, especially if you try to create side hustles. Yeah, I think that was one of the examples you gave in our 2017 episode, it was you know, like, look around, you know, how many dry cleaners are in your town? How many sushi restaurants or taco restaurants? Like if they've been in business for more than a year, like they're probably profitable. They don't have a revolutionary business model. It's just providing this product or service to a specific market. It doesn't have to be curve jumping revolutionary idea to make that happen. Talk to me about this DocuSign alternative that you're, yeah, that you're taking around. I was going to highlight, I did a YouTube video about Larry Janeski. He does basements out on the East coast. They do $650 million a year in basements. I'm like, what's your advantage? He's like, we show up on time and sober. (laughs) (laughs) The bar is low. The bar is low. But I'm saying like, go compete in these places that people like have no professionalism. They don't take it seriously. They treat it like amateurs. Yeah. And you don't have to actually be, you know, a Silicon Valley tech girl or guy to be elite in it. And you bring some sophistication. You can have a huge advantage. 
Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to even create millions of dollar businesses. And these million dollar businesses all start with one customer. AppSumo's first customer was $12. Yeah. I always think about that when I see these construction crews like building massive bridges across lakes and stuff. Did you start like five generations ago as like a little handyman business and just built it up? Or like, how do you get to this point? But this is Nick Huber's whole shtick. Like, look, go compete in these local marketing or local blue collar service type businesses where the entrenched competition is booked up. They're tired. They don't care. They don't need bring a little bit of digital marketing savvy to the game, show up on time sober. And all of a sudden, <laughs> hey, you're starting to get that referral business. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, man. You were asking about the DocuSign alternatives. At AppSumo.com, we have products called the Originals. And the idea with the Originals is they're low-cost entry point tools for solopreneurs and entrepreneurs. And all of our products are, you pay once for life. So lifetime deals. This would be like SendFox and TidyCal. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, so SendFox.com is a MailChimp alternative. TidyCal is a Calendly alternative. KingSumo.com. It's a Gleam alternative. One of the things that's helpful for people is how are you stack ranking or creating a framework for making decisions? And so specifically with AppSumo Originals, it's, is it viral, right? Like, is there some word of mouth viral component in it? Is there a popular alternative that has a monthly subscription? And can we build an alternative in it within 30 days? And so we use that to stack rank, I think around 50 different opportunities of what we could potentially build. And I would say that there's a subjective one in there, which is like, how excited are we to build it? at the end of the day. And this is really helping us prioritize what we make next. And the DocuSign, Hello Sign alternatives for us was just like glaringly high. And I personally, okay, yes, I make millions of dollars a year. AppSumo makes a lot of money. With Hello Sign, you could do three free signatures a month. And so I sign up with different accounts because you can only do three a month <laughs> with the signing, which is like, dude. Frugal habits die hard. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> like, I know, I just like can't bear to do it. So it fits all of our criteria. And now the question is, you could see that DocuSign's $11 billion business. And there's a lot of these different kind of subscription-based companies like HelloSign as well. And so I think for people out there that want to do a side hustle, and maybe they're not technical, maybe they don't have investors, maybe they don't have funding, like how would they do it? Yeah. So in 48 hours starting in the morning, and I can walk you through my exact process. I'm going to prove if it's something people want. And if not, great. We're not going to spend months building something or two months or one month, which costs us, I don't know, 30, 40K in salaries that no one wants. More with Noah, including tons more business ideas and how to validate them for free right after this. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty 
when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Yeah. So what would be some of the first steps you take there? So we have the idea, great. Now, the thing I'm curious about, and this is what I did with AppSumo and, and what we've done with all the things we've worked on, is there enough to make a million dollars in it within five years for yourself? And if there's no money in it, like you're going to work really hard either way. So why not work on something with a bigger opportunity? So just at a super high level, and again, if there's a website and all that stuff that you mentioned, you can go Google Trends. You number one, just want to make sure it's at least not dying of an industry. I have this buddy, he loves choosing dying industries and he keeps failing. And I'm like, he chose newspapers. Then he chose COVID masks. And I was like, you got to double check to make sure they're flat, not going to die soon. Second thing, though, is looking at if, how many people are on Facebook and how much they spend. Or you can look on Google or ChatGPT and ask, like, how much are people spending a year on this thing? And so you can go DocuSign and see it's $30 a month. You can go look at their reports or go ask ChatGPT and it'll tell you how many people they have as customers. And so that at least gives you indication how size the market is. Second thing is your one minute business model. So I think you just quickly understand, like, how am I going to make money from this to make sure that there's still the opportunity within that? So with this idea, I don't know, do you pay for any of those kind of services? I feel like I'm in the same boat. I don't need it as frequently yeah. as would justify the $30 a month. So I'm on the same free hello sign, you know, three a month kind of thing. Exactly. Well, let me ask you. So how often do you use invoicing tools or these signing tools? Yeah, but there's a ton of other subscriptions like we're recording on Riverside. Like I still maintain a, like a Descript subscription for video editing, mm. the email list, you know, everything kind of adds up and they all really get you like otter.ai or otter. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the transcription tool. It's 10 bucks a month here, 20 bucks a month there, a hundred bucks for hrefs on their own. They're not that much, but then, you know, it starts to add up. So there's something that you start to feel it when you put them all together. That's literally why AppSumo has done so well. It's like, instead of paying subscriptions, you get lifetime deals on alternative products to those. And the same thing with DocuSign. So maybe you're not someone who does it. Number two would be a business model. So how many do I have to sell to make a million dollars? And then double checking. So my guessing is it's somewhere going to be around 50 to 99 bucks for me to sell it. And it's what I can sell price. It doesn't really cost that much to maintain it. For a lifetime for the DocuSign alternative. Gotcha. Yeah, we'll call it like Nick Sign, something like that. <laughs> okay. Think that, is that name cool? Okay. I generally don't care about namings. I care about if the customer has a problem that they want to give you money for. And so there's three validation methods that people can all use. So one of them is pre-sales. So like right here, right now, this is literally pre-sales. So I can give you a framework that would help people. It's called listen option transition. So Nick, part of listening is Nick, do you pay for DocuSign or, or any of these signs? It sounds like no. I don't right now. How often are you actually using that yearly? Probably five. Five times a year. And what do you use for that? For a hello sign. Hello sign. And then any problems with it or any opportunities that you find annoying? Are you missing with it? It's been fine. It's just anytime somebody asks even for a signature, like norm normally I'm the one, like people are asking for my signature. And so it's like, I'm using their DocuSign. It's like, okay, that's fine. That's relatively seamless. But then other times I will even write back and be like, your response to this email affirmatively 
counts as agreement to this deal. And they're like, no, 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 we need, you know, for our legal department, we need a signed insertion order. Exactly. Okay. Let me generate something that looks official and send it over. Okay. So that's cool. So I don't know how much time I guess we have an hour. So I ask people questions. So it's listen, option, transition. So you're not paying for it, but it'd be nice to have something that you could just always send to people and then they would have to use your system. And then they would have to use the way that you like to have things signed. Yeah. And once you have these templates written up, it's like pretty quick to change them up. But there's maybe something there like the contract template bundle or something. A hundred percent, right? Or you can just upload it, send it to them, and then they have to do the changes and it's, it's easier. Yeah. How much time are you spending on something like that? And then so you're doing it five times a year? Very little time. So just for call it. So listen, option transition. This is the easiest way to sell anybody. Listen to their problem. So frankly, the problem isn't very painful to you, right? I'm just guessing, but it doesn't seem like I found something you're like, like if I give you an option, like, Hey Nick, if you have a system that you could send to all these people, you pay once, you never have to worry how many times you're using it a month. You could use it for life and it's $99 today. Is that something you'd want to sign up for today? Yeah. And I think that makes, makes more sense if somebody who's paying a hundred bucks a month for something or 50 bucks a month for something. Yeah, totally. So to be clear, I would not try to actually, so I would give you the option, but honestly, I don't even know if I would say, Nick, I don't think this is good for you. I'd probably keep using hello sign if I was you. Yeah. But for someone else, like I talked to, I literally was on a chat with a guy named Nick Christensen at AppSumo. He's using DocuSign because of the tool we had at AppSumo wasn't good that we liked that before. And he's paying 30 bucks a month. And so I would give him an option. Like instead of 30 bucks a month, you want to do $99 today and you'll have it for life. And he says, yes. Then you transition. All right. Can you Venmo, PayPal, Stripe, Cash, Crypto, whatever. Can you pay me that right now as a deposit? And then I'm going to go deliver it to you within the next three months. The idea here is that there's three validation methods. I just give you one, which is pre-sell. My goal is to get $2,500 in sales so that I can use that money to pay the developer to build the product and not even build anything. And then people might say, well, how do I know you're going to deliver it? It's I'm giving you a promise and I'll deliver your money back. So would you be going like through your inbox, like keyword search DocuSign from the last 10 years, like everybody who's ever sent you one, be great like, well, I know you're a customer of this. So That's I'm going a great to, idea. I'm going to start here for these conversations. Exactly. I like calling it a dream 10 list right? It's from Chet Holmes, who I love yeah. <laughs> from Ultimate Sales Machine. He inspired me. I think he has Dream 100, which is too much. But too much. if you only have 48 hours or a short amount of time to validate, get a Dream 10. And so I think your idea is great. You can also look up your service providers. So your accountant, my CPA, my lawyers, anybody. So someone literally, one of the guys on our team just sent me a DocuSign. I was like, okay, noting that. So I love your idea with searching your Gmail and then coming up a list of 10. And so, yeah, this is the pre-sale method. The other two that you can do is one, you could post it on marketplaces. That's a super popular one. Craigslist, Facebook, so forth. And then lastly, you can also try landing page and ads, which is another common one. I don't really like those two because they're more passive and they take time and money. That's what I'm going to be really focusing on more tomorrow is literally just more direct outreach based on people I think I can actually serve and help out. Okay. And then using those pre-sale funds, if you get them, and if you don't get them, I guess maybe we start there first, like nobody wants this thing or nobody wants it at this price point or how I'm describing it. Then it's kind of back to the idea drawing board or do you say, I don't know, I still think there's something here. Let me try and tweak it a little bit. Yeah, I don't think you have to give up right away. The two things there, and I'll just give you the exact example. So you weren't interested in this, like what would make you paying $99 for that or no brainer today? By the way, you can also say nothing, but that's what I would say. So it sounds like you weren't interested in that. Is there any way to make you be excited? And again, if people are nervous about this stuff, the easiest way to frame it is asking people for feedback. Like, hey, I, I just love your feedback on this idea. Like, if it was 99 bucks today, what would make it a no-brainer for you? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm asking you. 
Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm not in the market for it. So it's not super Great. compelling uh, for me. So two options here. One, you can ask for a referral. So I think that's always a really power move. Like Nick, who's one person that sent you one of these DocuSigns? Can you check your inbox right now? <laughs> or do you have anyone that's a lawyer or sent you forms? Like who's the person that comes to mind when you think of this product? Okay. So I think I could see how you transition from like, Hey, yes. I get that you're not a fit, but exactly. <laughs> let's not let this die on the vine. Who no. else you got? You know, how do I tap into my network's network in a way? You have to make the referral easy. Most people do referrals wrong. Cause they say, Hey, do you have any referrals? They're like, yeah, I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's like, Hey Nick, who's one person that sent you a DocuSign or who's the first person, this is a specific phrase that comes to mind. Who's the first person that comes to mind when I mention this product to you? And then so the one, I wouldn't give up right away. I'd go through other people on my dream 10 list. But the second approach then is you were mentioning that you have other products you're paying monthly subscriptions for. Walk me through those. What other ones are you talking about? I wouldn't go jumping around offers, like jumping like, hey, I do this subscription product and I've got this other product. Sure. I would stick with one until you try your 48 hours on one, but then take the feedback of if I talk to you, Nick, and you said, what's the highest of these different subscriptions you're paying with? Ahrefs? Which one are you paying the most for? The email lists right now, which is currently active campaign. And how much are you paying a month? I pay annually like seven grand a year. And how much is that email list worth to you? Like, do you have sales from it? Like, how do you make money from it? Yeah, sending out weekly newsletters, sending out product service offerings. Like, it definitely has an ROI, but it's still painful every time that renewal comes around because it's a big chunk. And when's your next renewal? March 15th. If everything were to be the same, identical to Active Campaign, but it was half the price and you wouldn't even have to move, everything was moved over for you, would you switch today? Yeah, probably. Why is it not 100% no-brainer? Or what's holding you back from it being 100% no-brainer? Because even the done-for-you transition, because lots of companies will offer that, there's still, because we're talking seven years of SaaS tentacles wrapped around, like the switching costs are non-zero in terms of 100%. unraveling hundreds of opt-in forms and everything like that. It's it'll be a project, time-consuming project. And so you have to weigh like, well, how many hours is this likely to take versus, you know, what are the cost savings here? So I think we should stick with this. I think these are good examples for people to learn. And cost savings are just one reason to contemplate a transition, to contemplate a switch. Like, are there additional features that would help grow the list in the business faster? Are there other things to help you monetize this better? Like, so there's, yeah, I will say not 100% committed, but have been chopping some alternatives. For the people out there that are looking at side hustles, So with email specifically, it's another interesting one because people have the pain, but the switching cost is higher than the pain. (laughs) That's the reality. And so I could say, hey, it'll be $100 a month. And you're like, (laughs) I don't know if I want to do it. That's the reality. And so just to be clear, people are like, oh, well, I'll just go build the thing and I'll get the landing page. I'm going to do social media and I'm going to get on TikTok. And then in six months, you go to Nick Loper and you say, hey, I got the thing. It's a hundred bucks. I got this one new feature. You're like, So that's the whole point of all this is like, how do we find out in a very short amount of time without spending a lot of money? If it's something that Nick's like, oh, you have that today? Yeah, I'll sign up right now. Or like, yeah, you'll be able to switch over over me. Sounds great. And that's what I'm trying to get to as we're doing all of our different side hustles. And that would be, if I'm trying to bootstrap this thing, that would be kind of a complicated piece of software to go out and build from the ground up on a limited pre-sale fund basis. But maybe this signing service is less so. And so would you... I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe there's some cool like no code tools where you could get this done, but you know, what would be the next steps there? Let's do both of them. Right. So for the email one, I would do software as a service, which is what a lot of people want, or you're doing content creation or lawn care. I like competing with people. If I show up sober and on time, I can easily beat them. But software, there's a lot of really intelligent people competing 
With the email one, I would just do the service first and build up clientele and build up expertise while you're doing email marketing. So Nick, do you have an email marketer or do you do it yourself? I've been doing it myself. Yeah. So I would start with that. Like, hey, Nick, for 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month, how about I do all the emails for you? And like, I can actually get your open rates up. I can get your revenue up. I can get your click through up. I can get your autoresponders up. Now you're like, oh, actually, yeah, that's kind of cool. Right. And you don't have to move anything. Like, I'm guessing that's probably an easier sell. Like I can make you 10% more revenue. Right. Yeah. You could even do it on a performance basis, like for your first few clients, put your money where your mouth is kind of a thing. Of course, no brainer, make it no brainers. And there, as I build up to you, I'm like, Nick, actually, let's move over to this other service. It's way cheaper. And it's got this other feature that maybe we don't have. But my point to everyone out there, the earlier point is go do the services and then you can move that over to the software if you're necessary. Or ultimately, you can build up an agency and hire a lot of other people to do the work for you at that point, which is sometimes easier sales. Like we spent six months building a Clavio competitor and then we went out and tried to sell it and no one wanted it. (laughs) That was really disappointing. It's called Meet Fam. Don't go to the website. It's not really even functional. (laughs) But it was something that, oh, we should have definitely pre-sold. We should have done the service instead of trying to build the software first. And the same thing goes with the signature code. I think there's two approaches for it, or a few different approaches if you're pre-selling. One, try to get the money so you can build it. Look at the Cybertruck. Took six years to come out. Model 3 took 10 years. So he just pre-sold it with a fake thing. The glass broke. Everyone knows that. The example is like you're showing them what they're going to get. The other thing you can do for the signature one is you could print out like, hey, give me anything you want to sign and I'll digitize it for you and I'll handle everything. And you could use these third parties, either print it out or, or digitally. And you just use other services while you're building it out. Like when I built AppSumo, most of it was actually kind of on a WordPress site with a PayPal button to start. And then as it got going, it was like, yeah, then we hired developers and now we have a team of give or take 25 engineers. But I would try to figure out how do I get the customer first, which is the most important part, not necessarily just have a solution, which I'd say most people start doing when they're building businesses. Yeah, I want to pause on that call to start with services because more side hustle show guests started with a service-based business than any other model, which was somewhat surprising because it's not super sexy. It's like, well, I was freelancing or I was consulting. It's not as cool as like, well, I have the SaaS product, but it's not necessarily where they ended up. That's where they started because of like low friction, low barrier to entry, really quick to kind of get to that first yes, that money milestone. And specifically on the email example, you reminded me of uh, Wes Schaefer, the sales whisperer, I think was his site, who was doing this. I will be your marketing automation consultant guy and help you build these email funnels and sequences and do that at scale so you can make more money from your business. And along the way, became a reseller or you know an authorized reseller for Infusionsoft, for HubSpot. What started out as this you know, hours for dollars or hours per project consulting business now, all of a sudden, he's getting like lifetime referral commissions for signing. Hey, you're using this tool today, but have you heard about HubSpot or have you heard about Infusionsoft? And now he's getting like these lifetime referral commissions for being the guy that signed up his business to those services. And so that was a path to go without building his own software tool. Like maybe there's more margin in that. But hey, this was an alternative to say like, hey, look, here's a better, faster, cheaper alternative and getting a cut of that on a recurring basis. Yeah, I mean, we built sendfox.com. That's our email marketing tool that I use and love because I was tired of paying MailChimp subscriptions. I was like, I'm not emailing all that time, all the time. It doesn't cost you that much to send these emails anymore. The tools out there are pretty commodity, but you're charging me a premium for something I don't think is worth it. From that, going out and making sure we had other customers who wanted to use it, we were able to get this business going. And that became a seven-figure business. We'll be right back with Noah, including some of his most expensive mistakes, how to avoid the freelance trap, if you want to, that is, and a $20,000 pain point of his right after this. Okay, so we've gone through kind of this validation process, this pre-sales listen option transition process, going through trying to get this stuff built on a bootstrap basis. Anything else to add 
there for like, okay, I'm going to try and build this thing, maybe start with the service option. And then with that in the back of my mind, like I'd love to turn this into a product. What I've noticed through putting together Million Dollar Weekend and through YouTube and all these things is that most people just don't start. And most people don't ask. And so they've got to practice those things and get better at that so they can feel more confident to like put themselves out on social media. Maybe it's YouTube or to ask someone to be a customer or to put something out there to see if someone will buy something. So how do you practice starting and how do you practice asking so you can get to this point? Yeah. Because it is a skill that most people don't realize is holding them back from where they want to be. That's definitely part one. And there's challenges. I would have everyone go to right now, ask someone for a dollar on your phone. Just ask. You can do that right now. Everyone can do that today. You can get your first buck. Second thing everyone can do today is they can go ask for a discount. So one, you could get started right now and you could practice starting. Two, then you practice asking. And as you start doing these different businesses, regardless of what it is, whether it's a content show, whether it's a service show, whether it's software, you just get a lot better at the ask part. And then as you get the business stuff, you kind of keep experimenting until you finally get the thing that works. Because as we talked about, the idea may not work the first time. And then you have to try again. Like I tried, I don't know four or five ideas before AppSumo even worked. That's after 10 years of all the different ideas I've done. I can go through some of them. It's kind of funny, but it led me to that point. I think everybody who's been in the game for a while has a graveyard of abandoned domain names, failed projects. It's a badge of honor. Oh my God, man. The reality though, is that I can share all my stories. I can tell you every, I spent a hundred thousand building something for Disney that they didn't end up using it. I spent, I don't know, another 50,000 called betterarcade.com. No one used that meetfam.com, don't go there. <laughs> Halldrop.com, don't go there. Sumomarket.com, don't go there. But all these ideas and swings eventually led me to find something. And, and I will say, I've noticed that the most successful people have the most failures. And they keep each time getting a little bit better and a little bit better. If you found something that people seem to like, maybe it's creating content, maybe it's a service, maybe it is software. The most important thing is to deliver what you promised. Most people, I've seen this recently, this guy named Jake, he wanted to start a golf trip business. He loves golf. Do you golf? Okay. Yeah. I don't know how to golf at all. I just like margaritas. Neither do I, but I go out there and hack it up. (laughs) And so he loves golf and he wants to do these like guys and dads golf trips. He went on one. He loved it. So we did the million dollar weekend process and he actually got five paying customers for these trips, something he's been sitting on for two years. And a lot of it was he just committed the time to follow the process and, and to do it versus thinking about it and talking about it. One of the most fascinating things though, is a week later, I was like, hey, have you started planning the trips that you've promised people? Just like this DocuSign alternative, the Nick yeah. sign, as we call it. He's like, oh, no, someone told me about an app, so I'm working on an app now. <laughs> like, and you're like, dude, you got, you got five people to say yes to you. <laughs> I know we're kind of chuckling about it, and I lo- this guy's a really solid dude, super smart, good family man. But this is very common in the book as well. I've talked about Law of 100, which is like, as you find this thing, let's do it. So now deliver on your five. Let's go to sixth customer, seventh customer, eighth customer, whatever that is, just commit to a hundred before you start changing to something else. Cause we all like give up too soon or we move away from what's working too soon. And I think part of my success, frankly, has just been having people around me and supporting me. Thank God to have AppSumo keep going for such a long period of time. Cause it immediately worked, but only finally did I start getting paid maybe six, seven years into it. So I would say for these people out there now, it's most important to deliver on your product and then just keep delivering. Like the best business is the one that works. So for everyone out there who's got a side hustle that's working, just go revisit things you were doing to help it get working and do more of that. Like even with Nick, with your business, I'm sure there's things in the past like, oh, that worked. It's like, are you still doing it? And the answer is probably not as much. No. So I always think that's a huge opportunity for most people. And now is just to deliver on what you're doing and then keep delivering it until you've really maxed it out, which is a lot more than people realize. So one of the ones you had in your video was becoming a Notion consultant. And we could swap yeah. out Notion for fill in the blank software tool. I think piggybacking on the popularity of 
something that is becoming big, used by a lot of different businesses. Like uh, that's a great model in itself. Raise your hand. Hey, I'm an expert in fill in the blank. Totally. But one of the interesting side notes was like, in addition to doing the service for that is selling the product that layers on top of it. And I don't know if you know, Thomas Frank from, you know, used to be college info geek. And I I think just Thomas Frank on YouTube has sold $2 million worth of notion templates. It's just, Hey, you open it up. It's kind of a blank slate. Hey, there's gotta be some easy button solution for it. Oh yeah, there is. You go buy Thomas's templates and he's made a ton of money doing that. I'll give you another side hustle idea. There's people doing really well with small audiences. So even if you have a hundred people, even if you have 10 and we all have, if you, everyone goes on their LinkedIn, they have at least 150 people at least. And when I'm looking for business opportunities, Nick, I'm looking for when people respond. So I put out an email at noahkagan.com about my 2024 goals. And people like were like, this was so good. This is one of the best ways I've seen people have done goal setting. And it's the same systems I've been using. I learned from Zuckerberg and kind of tweaked my own way for the past 15 years. But that's a business, right? Could I sell my 2024 goal template planning process, like the template and the walkthrough? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, that's kind of interesting to think, what are people responding to? Whether it's maybe you baking cookies. There's a woman, Jennifer, who's baked cookies in Dallas. Like I bought her cookies and I was like, oh, this is a cool business. Or if it's something that people respond like my yearly goal planning system. Yeah. A friend of ours, Jen, started the custom cookie business in Livermore. And I think she went on to sell like some 3D printed cookie cutters or something, you know, based on audience demand. Oh, that's cool. That was a cool transition there. But yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. I think what you're highlighting, which is such a good thing, is that when I was getting started in entrepreneurship, I was like, oh, I'm going to create some content, whether it's a blog or YouTube, wherever. I'm going to put affiliate links and then hope. <laughs> You know, like, oh, vacuums are selling well on Amazon with good margin. Like, I'm going to do that. And I think that's great. It's important to get to reps in and swings in. But I think if it's more, if you can get a little bit more active, get a little bit more direct to the outcomes, like go and do services, like go and do the cooking, go and provide yearly planning, be an accountability coach, go mow someone's lawn for them, whatever that is. It makes that easier to find the thing that people are excited to then give you money for or have you help them. Yeah, that was the one on the one of the early services that I was, so I had this like virtual assistant review platform and directory and had a few people reaching out. It had a dozen different companies, like three stars for this company, five stars for this company. This one's based in India. This one's based in the US, blah, blah. It had a handful of people just reach out. Be like, it's too many options. Can you just find me somebody? It's like, at that point in my life, it's like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go find somebody. Here's 400 bucks, 500 bucks. I'll do the recruiting for you. And just completely in response to customer demand. Like it wasn't something that I ever thought of offering, but people were asking for it. So you kind of listen to that. It would have been easy to be like, no, that's not my thing. But it was just, we'll say yes to different opportunities there. I had one. So you mentioned selling the, the year planning templates. We had a woman on the show, Emily McDermott, had sold, I think, a quarter million dollars worth of like financial planning, personal finance spreadsheets, mostly on Etsy and some through her own site. It's like, dang, I love a spreadsheet as much as the next guy. Maybe I need to get into this. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Two comments on that. One, I think Ryan Dice told me this, but it's like there's three stages of like selling information, which is like reading it to them, telling them about it and doing it for them. And each of those things have higher price points. And I always like that mental picture. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other comment, I love what you said about this woman with templates is that if you have a small audience or you can just go sell one person, especially if you want to do a course, people are like, how do I do a course? What platform should I use? I'm like, well, have you sold or helped anybody? No, not yet. It's like, well, let's start there. But I would say with these templates or in general, what I've found to be the best way to sell is how do you get closer to very clearly making someone more money or saving them a lot of money very, very clearly or very, very clearly saving them time. And the closer you can get to that, the more likely someone will pay you. 
Yeah, the do-it-yourself version, like low tier, low ticket, to the walk alongside, or I'll help you with it, and to the completely done for you version of it, like totally. different price tiers for the same same expertise or same underlying idea, same underlying thing. And to be clear, you never have to do the service yourself in the future. It's good to do it so you understand it, but you could frankly get it going, hire people to do it. Then you can even hire someone to do the marketing. Then you can even hire someone to run the business. Like most of the wealthiest people on the earth don't have W-2s, <laughs> right? Like at AppSumo.com, I have not gotten a deal on AppSumo.com in 10 years. I haven't done it. You know, I hired the people that hire the people now. And so it's thinking in a yeah. different stage. And for people there, just get going with your first customer, your first dollar. That does though, over time, you're going to thank yourself for starting today. In five years, you're like, oh, I'm so glad I got that going today. I stuck with Law of 100 or whatever it is to keep you going. So in five years or 10 years, like your show, Nick, where you've kept going for a long time, you'd be like, oh, I'm just glad I got going so I could live the life I want to live. Don't have to wonder what if. Let's pause there for a second because that's, I think, a trap that a lot of beginner freelancers, consultants would fall into that would prevent them from bumping up to kind of the agency model where they've got other people doing like, I'm selling my own expertise as a virtual assistant recruiter, as a meal prep provider, as a notion consultant, as an email copywriter. And like, how do I get out of selling my own expertise to provide this service into being like, well, now it's epiccopywriting.com. And you know, it might not be me doing it. It might be, you know, this other guy that I hired. That's a common avoidance technique. It's really, if you think it's pretty egotistical, (laughs) that's like, oh, I'm the greatest and no one ever else could be better than me. And it's like, that's really, you sure about that? Maybe someone could even be better than you. I've seen it. So my buddy, Adam Gilbert from mybodytutor.com, you know, Adam? Uh, No. He bootstrapped. It's like a seven figure business health accountability coaching, daily healthy coaching calls. He kind of got it going as a side hustle while he was an accountant. I think 16 years ago now. It was real, I'm really impressed. Wow, okay. And he never thought that any other buddy could coach like him. And really, it was that he was afraid of growing the business. And so he finally tested it out. And I think one of the AppSumo values is test and invest. So he tested someone else doing it for him. The client could pay a little bit less, I believe, is what he ended up doing initially because he felt uncomfortable doing it. Client was happy. And now Adam's job is coaching the coaches. This is years later. This is probably about five years ago. He finally had his first coach. But instead of making it all or nothing or you're the most elite, try it out. And it might take a few times. I've noticed that with people starting businesses, they hire, they try to work with someone else and it doesn't work. And they're like, well, I tried hiring and I'm the only person who can do it. And it's like, that's not true. And just like dating, you have to go back out and try it again. And you'll eventually find the right person. I think the key thing for most people is finding the areas of a business that you really enjoy and thinking about how do you stay most of your days doing that. Like, I love coming to talk to you business ideas and promoting things and things like this. But like doing customer support, like I could do customer support probably about 30 seconds. And I love like we have Dylan and Andrew and Lauren on the people on the AppSumo team who are amazing and they love it. I'm like, I don't know how you guys do this for so long. And so really noticing the areas that we thrive in and spending as much of our days in that and then really hiring or using software to reduce the rest of it. Yeah. Well, I've got a couple more ideas to throw out there. Anything else on the uh, donate a business idea front that you think listeners would enjoy or might spark some inspiration for this year? Think about the the things that really I'm struggling with. Getting guests on shows, always a problem. Like, especially for the YouTube channel, I'd love to have something where I can connect with billionaires. Let me just give you an example. I'll pay 15 to 20. <laughs> you mean, you mean the billionaires or don't have the uh, army of PR people trying to reach out and pitch you? No, no, no. I'll pay $15,000 minimum. Let's just do 20,000. I'll pay $20,000 if someone can get me Dave Portnoy from Barstool. Barstool. Yeah. And so my point here is like, that's a huge problem that I find is like, how do I find certain guests right now? Visas. So if people are trying to travel, I know there's like a few different companies, Nomad Capitalists. I'd love help 
Personally, getting to Spain easier. That's where I'm going to spend half my year. Christmas lights. I still get excited about Christmas lights. <laughs> Just like getting good Christmas lights up or holiday lights. Okay. Nanny care. I find there's care.com, but it feels like I can't tell you how many times I'm in these parent groups now. And it's like, do you know a nanny? Nanny is like the new like hot stock. Like if you can get a nanny. So it's like, wow, that's such a problem for people. And how do you solve that? Yeah, we had a woman on the show who built like a nanny franchise, essentially, because it was a pain point, a pain point for her, pain point for other moms and say, like, who can I, how do I find somebody I can trust with my kid? And it's super big. Yeah. Well, I think the other comment I would make, and this is another mistake newer entrepreneurs make, they have an idea like nanny, like this nanny business, for instance, and then they Google or they go on social media and they find that there's this person that you just mentioned. They're like, ah, someone took the idea before I could do it. It's over. It's like. You think so? You didn't even know about their business till like a minute ago. Like that's the opportunity. Yeah. So I would not count yourself out. I wouldn't say it's validated and guaranteed it'll work. That's a whole separate thing that I do think it was solved in the book. But can you go and actually, if they haven't done a good job letting you know about it, that's your chance to start that. Yeah. Well, I used to be guilty of that too. Like I had this idea for like a blog post and Google it. I don't know why I would do that, but Google it and find, you ever Google something and come up with like zero results? Of course, somebody else has already written this topic. And so I go back, well, shoot, I guess I can't write that. I'll have to come up with something else. I was like, no, dummy, you put your own unique spin on it, your own, whatever. And like, sure enough, you carve out a space for yourself on page one. It took a while to realize that you didn't have to come up with something completely new for it to still be valuable and helpful for people on the internet. A couple that came to mind just in prep for this episode One was this idea for like pre-protein coffee. So we'll often mix protein powder or collagen into the coffee in the morning. Like, is there a way to reduce that one step? Like not a huge pain point, but like, hey, could you just buy it like pre-mixed in? I don't know if that like would mess up the heating it up or running hot water. Oh, I like that. I'm putting it in hot water anyways. Like maybe this is a thing. Obviously, Bulletproof Coffee became a huge thing, which started as a content-based business, like started as a blog podcast. Like, I don't know. That's a cool example of a content-first business that turned into e-commerce, turned into brick and mortar, like turned into just huge. But that was one that came up. And the other one was kind of inspired by this service called Healthy Wage, which is they do a booming business around New Year's resolutions. Like, hey, bet on yourself that I'm going to lose 20 pounds by June 1st or something. And I'm going to put down a hundred bucks a month. And if I meet my goal, they're going to pay out everything that I paid them plus some prize on top of that, right? So you have this carrot and stick financial incentive for doing it. And it's statistically way more effective than just making a non-monetary New Year's resolution. Is there a pivot to that where you could help people achieve goals in other areas of their life with a similar like betting model, like bet on yourself model and you figure out loss ratios and stuff. But it was kind of inspired by that healthy wage model. I love the idea of how do you look at outside industries for inside inspiration? Like AppSumo came because I looked at a Mac software bundle and I was like, oh, they have Mac software. What about web software? Yeah. And then one of our biggest growth levers was giveaways, which we still do to this day. And it's because I saw it in a women's blog. I was like on some random women's blog and it was like, win a free trip to Paris. And I was like, huh, we're not really about that. We're about software. What if we gave away Dropbox, but we did it for life. And we're still paying this person's Dropbox 14 years later. And that was the number one growth thing that really exploded AppSumo in our second year. Really? Okay. You're trying to do kind of a viral giveaway thing. Yeah. Which, I mean, funny enough, that turned into kingsumo.com, which we now sell for $49. And that's a bigger business. Yeah. This is, oh, I know, you know, Dan, I always see you guys bike riding from Tropical MBA because he has this rip pivot and jam framework where it's like, how do I 
take somebody else's business model, blatantly rip it off, but pivot it to a different industry and then jam, like go to town and do the work to build that, to make it a thing. I love that. I love that. Well, it has been awesome. MillionDollarWeekend.com, NoahKagan.com. Let's wrap this thing up with your uh, number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. I would say now, not how, especially for the people that have been waiting to get their side hustle going, just do it today, right now. Like what's the smallest, smidgenest thing, tiniest thing you can get going right today? And the more that you start building up that confidence, the more you feel like your ability will be increased. And so I would just keep repeating that over and over now, not how. And that to me has been a transformational for myself, as well as so many other people that have dreamed of finally having that side hustle or making it a full-time hustle. Just get going right now. Yeah. Now, not how. How do you reduce that friction? How do you give yourself a really near-term deadline, which is the power of the million-dollar weekend? Look, by Sunday night, I got to have something done that I can go to go to market with. So now, not how. 2017, number one tip for the sake of trivia buffs or longtime side hustle show listeners was write down your most important priorities for tomorrow, tonight, and then wake up and do them. Something that has become definitely a keystone habit for me and for a lot of listeners I know as well. So I appreciate you sharing that. A couple just kind of like wrap up notes. One thing you said was, is there a million dollars in it? And one of my themes for the year, one of the things that I kind of wrote down as New Year's reflections or end of the year reflections was, am I chasing antelopes or am I chasing mice? Because you said, you're going to spend the same effort doing both. And so you might as well chase that bigger opportunity. And then we talked a ton about different business idea generating frameworks, looking at your own pain points, looking at where you're spending your own money, paying attention to what other people complain to you about. One thing that stood out there was like the idea of piggybacking on something that's already popular and some ideas we didn't even get to was like the growth of short form video. Like, could you develop a skill set around that? Could you build an agency around that? But like riding a rising tide of interest in a software tool or a marketing channel or whatever it may be, but just rather than trying to create demand from scratch, go where some demand already is. So those are a couple of notes that I had. No, I really appreciate you joining me again, whether you're a first time side hustle show listener or a longtime fan. I appreciate you spending some time with Noemi in your earbuds today. Another little bit of trivia for you. Did you know that over 6,000 Side Hustle Show listeners have already generated their personalized playlist at hustle.show? You can be next. It's totally free. All you got to do is go to hustle.show, answer a few short multiple choice questions. You can do it on your phone and I'll build you a curated playlist of the episodes I think are going to be most impactful and actionable for you based on your answers. Again, hustle.show for that. Big thanks to Noah for sharing his insight. Thank you for supporting the advertisers that support the show. As always, you can hit up sidehustlenation.com slash deals for all the latest offers from our sponsors in one place. That's it for me. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're finding value in the show, the greatest compliment is to share it with a friend. So why not fire off a text message or two telling your friends about this episode? Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.